1: Now, although born and raised in Castle Blaney and then R.D., my next guest has lived half his life in various locations around the world, from New York, France, Tenerife, Italy, could be anywhere. After studying to be a chef in DKIT and a stint working in Ashford Castle, he went off to New York and he worked in the famous River Cafe beside the Brooklyn Bridge, also an Irish bar as well, before going to France, Tenerife. And now he's working on yachts serving some fairly high profile celebrities, people like Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, and now he's written a, his first cookbook, which features 60 tasty, non-complicated recipes, quick, easy meals and snacks using everyday ingredients. It's called From Fridge to Fork. And the author, chef Pader McNamee, joins me on the line now. How are we doing, Padder? Hello Sinead, how are you? Good to talk to you. How things? Oh, listen, it's great. Great to, to, to chat to you yourself because uh, I'm reading all about this fantastic book. We're going to chat about this now very, very shortly. But first of all, take me back because you've lived in quite a few places, Father. But you're from Castle Blaney originally, isn't that right?
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. People that know it. It's big Tom country, as they say. It. But yeah, I was born in Castle Blaney and... Um, I lived there just for younger years um, before moving over to uh, New York with my parents in uh, in the late 80s. You know, I suppose like you know, many uh, Irish families at the time, uh, immigrating to New York was an option because of the economic downturn and we just happened to be one of those families, you know.
1: Oh, very good. Okay, so that brought you over there. But then you left uh, New York then kind of in your teen years and came back to RD. Now, that must have been a bit of a culture shock for you.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, I was, I mean, growing up uh, from six years old right up until um, 17, 16, now 17 uh, in Brooklyn. you kind of got used to city life. And then coming back to rural Ireland was uh, definitely a bit of a change, a bit of a culture shock uh, difference. And, you know, um, even school-wise, so much so that... um, I kind of left school early and and went to work um, with a local um, builder called Willie a um, Very big influence in my life. But uh, yeah, worked in a building site before I decided to go back and um, and go to college to become a chef. You know.
1: Yeah, because uh, tell me where this kind of passion for cooking comes from. Because your cooking is in your family, isn't that right? Your mother cooked quite a bit, didn't she? Like for for nuns and stuff, wasn't that right?
0: Yeah, that's right. Both my mother and my grandmother both cooks in the convent in Castle Blaney. Um, and then my mother went on. She uh, cooked in a couple of Irish bar restaurants around Blaney and New York. And more recently uh, in the Grove in Dunleer. She's been a while. So now she's just kind of taking it easy. But um, I guess the influence has kind of rubbed off on me, you know.
1: And then you went off then to to study in DKIT and after that then it was Ashford Castle, yeah?
0: Ashford Castle, yeah. Um, that was um, yeah, a, a good kitchen. It was a big kitchen. It was my introduction really, I suppose, to um, a regimented team of chefs. Uh, the kitchen was huge, so there was 20, 25 chefs in it at any one time. Whoa. Um, we had a, a German chef and he was very staunch, very strict. Um was that kind of old school way of teaching how to cook. Um, you know, he he, um, he was very by the book and very strict. Um, I don't think that type of uh, technique is really used so much nowadays in kitchens. But, um, I, you know, at the time, I kind of detached him a bit for it. But I look back now and I think I learned a lot. And I took a lot away from there as a foundation of of what I do today, I suppose, you know.
1: Yeah, because, you know, the, the, there's the, you know, sort of stereotype, I suppose, Pather, that the, the chef is very hot-tempered and quick to anger. Not the case with you, though, no.
0: Uh, no, <laughs> I, you know what, Janet? I don't think uh, that, as I say, that old-school technique or style of, of um, you know, delegating a kitchen is, is put up with too much mm. nowadays. You know, there's there's such a demand for chefs in the industry that, you know, uh, senior chefs can't afford to have this attitude and, and treat their juniors, um, you know, with, this, with, with the lack of respect. You know, nowadays, I think the culture of kitchen life has, has changed um, for the better.
1: Oh, no, so, it is. It's, um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's much better. You're right. And it's, you know, you need to have a kind of a calm environment, you know, And there is a lot of pressure in the cu- in the kitchen and that kind of thing. But you did cook for many a famous face. Uh, Bertie Hearn being one in Ashford Castle. And perhaps more exciting for me uh, would be people like Leonardo DiCaprio. Tell me about this.
0: Uh, yeah, well, um, we had a, a charter on one of the yachts I was working on a couple of years ago. Um, and we've done a canopy party with Leonardo DiCaprio who was one of the guests at the party. Um, he' just mingling in along the crowd. Uh, you, uh, you know as a chef, you really don't get uh, a chance to go up and and ask for autographs or or um, you know mingle with the crowd. Your job's there to to do what you do and let the guests uh, do what they do type thing. but um yeah um, i 've seen him all right i've also uh, worked for share. Um, the Kuwaiti royal family, Kiki Rosberg, Nico Rosberg, and um, a few other Formula One racers that have been on and off boats at different times, maybe the Grand Prix in Monaco or, you know, somewhere along the French Riviera. era. And um, you're always susceptible to running into these people on boats. It's just you don't really get a chance to get photos or, or ask for autographs, you know.
1: But even just being among them, I would just be completely starstruck. Do, does it like? Do you feel that bit more pressurized when you have a very famous person that you're you're cooking for?
0: Um, I suppose probably uh, the less known the better. You know, if, you, <laughs> if you're working on the boat and you don't know they're coming onto it, then you've no more pressure than what you normally would. Having said that, if you do know what your cha- who your charter guests are, then there is that pressure of oh, but you know. I've got to be uh, good at what I do, otherwise I won't be here for too long.
1: Well, this is it. This <laughs> so, is it. Uh,
0: there's always that aspect of things as well, you know?
1: Absolutely. Now, you've worked all over. You're working on yachts, as you mentioned, uh, at the moment. What is it like now, though, in COVID? Is it a bit strange?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, the industry at the minute is very quiet. Um, I, we're in a shipyard in Italy at the minute uh, because it's like, I mean, it's like everything else, the... Um, there is no holidaying and, and and going from country to country, even if you are in a private yacht. You, you, this, the country has their laws now that there is mm. none of that. For the minute, I can't really see it getting any better this year. Uh, there's no light at the end of the tunnel as such yet, but um, it's definitely a lot quieter, which, which is, is kind of beneficial to me because I'm actually going back to college at the Cordon Bleu in Paris. Now, I normally wouldn't have the time over the summer, but because of the... Um, the restrictions in a holiday and stuff, I have the time off now that I can go on further my my um, career. I, I want to go down the road of pastry chef, so wow. um, it'll give me that opportunity, you know.
1: Yeah, because what's that like now, Work uh, studying under them? I imagine now, are they sort of, this is very high-end, like the best of the best kind of people get into this kind of school.
0: Um, well, yeah, I guess, I mean, you, do, you have to show your qualifications and um you know, you have to be accepted in, definitely. Um, it's kind of different, you know, as a chef, as opposed to, I guess, maybe a teacher or a doctor or something where you sure, your qualifications are more um, paper-orientated, mm. uh, whereas a chef, I guess, maybe, on a recommendation. And the proof is in the pudding, I think, when you're a chef. So, you know, you could have all the papers in the world and still not know how to boil an egg. Um, So I guess you just have to prove yourself uh, when it comes comes to it, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've got accepted in and I start in uh, July. So I'm looking forward that, to that's that. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. Time, of oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be great that's for you. Now, up you up. have written this fantastic book. It's called From Fridge to Fork. This is uh, your first cookbook. Why did you decide to write your own cookbook or how did this come about? Was this another sort of product of lockdown as well?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. I, I, I was uh, prompted by lockdown. It was something that I had thought about for a couple of years. Um I decided to write the book just to share recipes and inspire people to um cook good simple uh food from home and and hopefully uh people realize that you know cooking good food doesn't necessarily have to be complicated or you don't have to necessarily use expensive ingredients so The recipes in the book reflect, I think, uh, simplicity and um, inexpensive as well, which is important too, you know.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, because I, you know, I love the fact that it is, you know, ingredients that I don't need to go to a specialised shop or a market or something. It's very accessible and this is what you wanted to do with this. But uh, tell me about some of the recipes, because there's over 60 recipes to choose from. Isn't that right?
0: Yeah, that's right. There's uh, 60 different recipes. There's uh, there's four or five different sections, and there's pies and tray bakes and salads, light bites, desserts, Uh, there's recipes for pastry and bread. Simple, you know, I mean, a lot of the um, recipes in there are, you know, five to ten ingredients maximum. And uh, anything that, you you know, walk into whatever supermarket's closer to you, and you're guaranteed you'll get the ingredients that you need in order to cook the dish. Um, There's the likes of a beef and Guinness pie, a oh, creamy lovely. salmon and cod tray back, uh, crepes, spicy meatballs. There's a uh, load of different sauces at the back, so you can you know mix and match the sauces to different dishes as well. Um, a couple of nice desserts, uh, ginger treacle caramel slices, one of my favorites. Oh, nice that sounds lovely. Yeah, yeah. Would you be a fan of the?
1: Would you be a fan of the sweet stuff, Padder? Would that be sort of your go-to? The um, nice desserts kind of stuff.
0: Not so much as into eating, but I do enjoy making them. You know, Um, I I, I sort of like all aspects of cooking, from um, savory to sweet. But um, you know, I kind of change from season to season. Sometimes it's you know into main courses and savory stuff, and then I'll just flip to concentrating on a certain area of desserts for a little while, and then I'll flip back to something else. So the good thing about cooking is there's always a variety and there's always something new to learn. So you never get bored. It's not the same old thing day in and day out, which is something, I suppose, that uh, appeals to me as well as a chef, you know?
1: Yeah. And uh, in terms of, you know, if you were missing, you know, home and Ireland and everything else, and particularly now, you know, it's St. Patrick's Day coming up, all of that. What do you, kind of, what's your go-to food uh, that you prepare, you cook, or you like to eat when you are you want that little bit of taste of Ireland?
0: Well, if I'm, if I'm at home and I like... Uh, a good fry up is hard to beat, oh, I yeah. think, every now and again. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely one of the things I'd have maybe once or twice a month at home. And I, I love um, boiled bacon and cabbage. It's uh, is one of my favorites. And I love when I get home, uh, going up to Hunterstown for a calvary, it's, it's You know, it's nice just to have somebody else cook something for you. Um, and it's just to sit down and eat it there and you know so bacon bacon's definitely one of my
1: favourites anyway. oh you one have to have night. that as well for, for the tea bags day. as well the tea bags too oh yeah the tea bags yeah uh, now somebody uh, this is Matty in RD asking me he says uh, Sinead I worked with Willie Halpeny and I think that lad was my labourer ask him if he lived in Blakestown please this is Matty in RD uh, I think that I do live in Blakestown
0: indeed I sure I think that could be Martin Ward if it is, if Maren's listening, um, I hope he's keeping well and um, I'll get in contact with him. Maybe I can give you my details uh, uh, after the talk and you can pass them on to him.
1: Yeah, of course. Happy to do that. Happy to, to keep that connection going. Now, how can we get the book? Because this is out very much now, so people can get it now, yes?
0: Yeah, um, it just released uh, about uh, about a month ago. So um, selling it... It's available on Amazon at the minute, Amazon.com, UK, or FR is the one that I, I publish it to. Mm-hmm. Um, it will soon we'll soon be going on Kindle as well, but just at the minute it's uh, just available through Amazon.
1: Fantastic. Now, you, um, now that you've this one, is there another one in you, Pather? Well, funny
0: enough, Sinead, yeah, actually I'm just in the process of starting on volume two now and um I'm hoping to have it released by Christmas because I mean the laughing took me the guts of a year to do between deciding on the recipes and then cooking the recipes and photographing them and then my wife Edwina, and um, she's an artist and she does um, lucky enough she she does the illustrate books herself so she's done the editing for me and she's down in Tenerife at the minute so if she's listening to hello to her and um, so without her help I wouldn't have been able to do because I'm useless on a computer. Um, so uh, she had the stress or, or the enjoyment, whatever you'd like to call it, <laughs> of doing that end of things. Really, so I'm very appreciative of
1: that, you know. Okay, so watch this space for volume two. So as you speak, as as we speak, we were mentioning there that you are on a, a yacht somewhere in Italy. Uh, any famous people you're serving lunch for now? Around about now, no. Uh,
0: no, not at the minute. At the <laughs> minute, we're just we're in the shipyard getting walked on, so there'll be nobody on the boat for another while yet.
1: But look, at, we'll, hopefully that will change very soon and things will go back to some sort of normality for you. Pather it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Best of luck with the book. Thank you so, so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you, Sinead. Appreciate that. And all the that. Thanks for having
1: me. Not at all. Not at all. Fridge to Fork, it's called. You can get it Amazon.com.